Okay, team, we are now recording. So thank you so much all for being here. Um, this is our first ever leadership forum for Soul Refiner. Um, you might think the stunt doubles with Kingdom Works. Uh, we are highly and closely related. So thank you so much for all being here. Um, we plan to do this monthly, but more than anything else, let's just go ahead and get started in prayer. So God, thank you for this time. Thank you for these, these folks. Thank you for their faithfulness. Uh, Lord, thank you for them you know, raising their hands and standing up and saying, I, I choose to help others. Uh, helping somebody else figure out their journey is only going to help us further ours. Um, Lord, we stand on those promises. You are who you say you are. You always keep those promises. And so, God, we surrender ourselves in this next hour over to you. Uh, and then we surrender ourselves as we go through our next week over to you. So in your holy name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, a little bit, despite what the square says, it says we're Jeremy. See, we're human here. This is, I'm going to tell you, this is not scripted. This is not rehearsed. We don't even have the right names up on the screen. Uh, I'm Christina, and this is Lamar. And uh, Lamar actually just came on board here at Soul Refiner, and we are part of the leadership team here. And so we're brand new to this, and we're just super excited to be here. And just to tell you a little bit about us, for those of you that don't know us, um, our story is is pretty pretty um, intense. Uh, by all means, we're not going to go into that tonight, but or this afternoon. Check it out on the Soul Refiner Facebook page um, uh, if you want to hear more about our story. But we were almost separated, or we were separated and almost divorced. Um, our story is quite, quite tragic. There's murder involved, and uh, it's it's very public. But but God, those are my two favorite words. But God. Uh, but God, rich in his mercy and his healing and grace, uh, redeemed and restored our marriage. And so we're here today. Um, but it was it was a process. Uh, as you all know, it was it was quite the journey when we were. Oh, my goodness. At our rope's end, when we were just. Uh, it was the night when I thought this is it. It's over. Our, there's no hope for our marriage. I need to sign the papers. We need to divorce. Uh, we God. I was going to say God gave us another opportunity and uh, we were introduced to a group in Jacksonville, Florida called chapter two. And as a last ditch effort, we went to this group meeting and Tim and Kathy, if you're out there, want to shout out and say love you. Um, so when we went to this meeting and the reason why I shared this is because one of the most frequently asked questions we get is how do we incorporate the women this this recovery group did that because when we went into this meeting, the women met separately from the men and when one of our first meetings they actually showed the conquer series and you know i would not be married to this man had i not seen that and i'm not just saying that because i work here i work here because of this um when i learned what the conquer series was all about and learned the neurology and learned about addiction and learned about sex addiction and what it does to the brain it made it less personal because uh, at that point in time, that night when I went into that meeting, I felt like I was a loser of a wife. I felt like uh, I, I, I was coming down hard on myself. I thought he was a monster. I didn't even recognize the man he'd become. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. So once Conquer Series started unpacking what the addiction does to the brain and how it changes the person, it was like a light went off. I'm like, okay, all right. Okay, I can get behind this. And then to hear there's things you can do and there's tools and there's recovery. 
we got together. So the men and women met separately. I heard this information, was given this glimmer of hope. And then the second half of the meeting, the couples met all together. And we talked. And for the first time, I looked at Lamar, and he had been with the guys. And he started to learn about addiction and what it was doing to him. And he looked at me and he said, you have every right to leave me. I'll never forget this. You have every right to leave me. But I found my people. And I'm going to be here next Thursday and the Thursday after that and the Thursday after that. Now, mind you, we're not in Jacksonville, Florida anymore, but Lamar kept his word and he's been in recovery every week in some form or capacity, either leading groups, being part of a group um, and, and doing the recovery work since that day. So I decided to stick around and see what it looked like. So that was our journey. That was our journey that got us here today. Um, I do want to share just a, a story that we heard. Uh, during our recovery journey from our pastor from Church 1122 in Jacksonville when we were there. Uh, if you're familiar with Joby Martin, if not, look him up. He's fantastic. But we've all heard the story of John 5, right? You guys, you're all familiar with this, right? And it's the story of, um, in John 5, the man at the well of Bethesda. And he's been laying on this mat for 38 years, and he can't get into the healing water. The story was that if you're the first one in the water, during the day you get healing and he can never be the first one in. And so he, he, he was in this mat or lying on this mat forever. And Jesus comes along and says, do you want to walk? And of course he had all these excuses, but Jesus then said, take up your mat and walk. And we've heard this story. We've heard this story a hundred times y'all, right? But the crazy thing is the part that I missed that J Pastor Joby Martin um, pointed out to us, why did Jesus say, take up your mat? I mean, that mat, he'd been laying on it for 30 years. It had to be disgusting. It had to be filled with his disease and excrement. It had to be just, I mean, why didn't Jesus say, leave your mat behind? Why didn't he say, burn it, bury it? He didn't. He said, take up your mat and walk. And guys, that's what each and every one of you are doing. Each one of us here has a story. And you may not have had a, a, an addiction in the past, but you've had pain, you've had trauma, you have a story that Jesus had to be enough for you. And now you are taking up your mat, you're rolling it up and you're standing up on it and you're using it as a platform to tell the world what Jesus did for you and what he can do for them. Because Jesus doesn't love us any more than he loves everybody else, right? And so I just love that story. So I wanna commend each and every one of you. And I thought that was just very important to start this meeting by commending you for taking up your mat and walking and in obedience to God. Well, team, just to go over a, a, kind of some agenda items, a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, what we're gonna wind up doing today, we have some, some questions we see a lot here. Some of the most commonly received questions that we see here at Soul Refiner from leaders, from folks that are trying to proctor groups or thinking about it, uh, new leaders, leaders that have been doing this for years and years and years, you know, across the spectrum. But more than anything, we're here for kind of what I call the profit sharing of recovery, and especially the community of leaders where we can be asking questions that maybe other people have. They don't even know they want to ask them yet. Maybe they're too scared to ask them, or maybe they just don't know how to phrase it right. So whatever question you have, please be bold. Think about your questions. The whole second half of the meeting, we're going to open up everybody to be available to unmute themselves. Um, this is a fantastic crowd. I, I, I recognize most of the, or not most, but uh, some of the folks in the crowd. So I understand that people are going to you know, be respectful of each other uh, without talking over each other. 
Um, so be thinking about your questions for the second half of the meeting. We'll try and hold that right at the bottom of the hour so we can get through some of our, our other questions. Um, we will not pretend to know it all in this end. Okay, that's why the community is so important. Uh, as I look out right now, I see uh, 76 separate video feeds in the meeting. And I see a whole bunch of folks that have a, a couple of people in the meeting. So we're probably well over 100 folks right now in this meeting. Somebody's going to have an inkling on, on how to answer a question. I ask that people be respectful of each other's questions. Okay, we should never be playing that comparison game. Well, how come they don't know that? Um, that kind of puts ourselves on a pedestal. Or if we say like, man, should I know that? That means we're minimizing what God's doing in our lives. Never works out playing the comparison game. So let's be respectful. Uh, please don't compare. And then likewise, think about how to shroud your answers with kindness. So, and again, I want to thank Tim and Kathy for being here. They are the folks that kind of introduced us to recovery. Um, we're so indebted to them, uh, so appreciative. Um, you probably never thought that your spider web would extend this far, Tim and Kathy. Uh, six years ago, we walked into that meeting uh, in Orange Park, Florida. So uh, again, as we're talking for this first half of the meeting, please don't hesitate to use the chat box so you can weigh in. Uh, I, again, please be respectful with your comments. Uh, I'm going to coin an old Tim and Kathy term. Kindness, dignity, and respect can carry the day here. Uh, don't forget about goodwill and humility as well. So, I love that. I absolutely love that. And like Lamar said, we're not going to promise to have all the answers. So the second half of the meeting, when you pose your questions, if we don't know them, we'll get back to you. Yeah, and I think that's one of the greatest fear. Uh, from people to take that step into leadership is what if I don't have all the answers, right? I'm, I'm sure we've all been there. Oh my goodness, what if they ask something I don't know? Well, the greatest leaders aren't the ones with all the answers. The greatest leaders are the ones that have the heart to never stop looking for those answers. And so we, we're going to be on that mission. We're going to be looking um, for those answers. And if we don't have the answers for you today, We'll start with your questions next week or we'll privately reach out to you during the week so we can get to your questions. So the first question that we're going to talk about tonight or this I keep saying tonight because it's dark in here um, this afternoon is a question we get quite a bit. Do I have what it takes to lead and this is a great question for those of you that are coming in that might be on the fence as to whether or not you want to lead. Um, this this whole idea of leading is new to you. And so experienced leaders, please chime in uh, in the chat box. Do I have what it takes to lead? And I just wanna get us started. Uh, my, the first thoughts that come to mind with this is do you, do you put your trust in God? <laughs> Honestly, if you can say yes to that question, you're, you're on, you're, you are there, you are there. If you are willing to put your trust in God, die to self, step aside and allow the Holy Spirit to work for you, that is, a, I mean, you are, in the right game. This is exactly where you need to be. Uh, but the important thing is you have to have a playbook and that can be intimidating too, because as a leader, especially with one of the most sensitive or probably the most sensitive topic in recovery that a lot of us are dealing with sex addiction or infidelity or betrayal, you need a playbook and that's the Bible, right? I mean, yes, there's wonderful resources on Soul Refiner and there's some great authors out there that we recommend and things that uh, have helped us with our healing journey. But the Bible, I hear Lamar saying this to his men all the time, I'm one trick pony, and he holds up his Bible. That's his reference guide. 
And you don't need to know the scripture inside out and backwards and know the address of every single um, gospel and, and Bible verse. Uh, that's intimidating. You don't, you don't need to have all of that. But what you do need is to have a love for the word because the Bible is not just a place to lead other people to for their healing, but it's a place to play offense against the enemy. Because let me tell you, the attacks get real when you decide to lead. Can I get a witness? In the chat, can I get a witness? Because when you, thank you, I see some arms raising. Oh my goodness, I love that. The attacks, and I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm not saying this to scare you, but I would not be doing our due diligence here if I wasn't truthful. When you lead, the target on your back grows exponentially. I'm just telling y'all. And that's why the word of God, that's our offense. That is our sword. That's how we get to get up in the morning and go to war with the enemy. And I, you know, we chuckle about this because we lead groups together and it never fails. I'm probably disclosing too much information. We always get in the worst drop down, drag out, knock down fights ever right before we get on a meeting. And today was no exception, by the way. I was like ready to claw his eyeballs out two minutes ago. So. <laughs> but that's what happens. The attacks are real. And so you have to be armed. You have to be armed. Yep. I guess next is, are you willing to share your story? Mm. You know, while we have our playbook, sometimes you might w wind up running into a uh, kind of a, a corner uh, town crier or someone who thinks that, you know, your story may not have the theological basis, you know, for recovery and for leading recovery groups. And I just want you to wash all that away. Okay, the enemy is gonna send those whispers in, in everybody's uh, ear to say that you're, you're not qualified, uh, you're unfit. Uh, you've probably heard all those times, you know, how can you get out in front of other people and try and help when you've done this or you've been through this or for, for the ladies that are in recovery, you, know, you still feel some of that bitterness in your heart. How, how dare you jump out in front of others and try and help them through, okay? I don't care what the theological basis is from somebody else's argument. No one can argue when you present your story and what Christ did in your life. When you wipe all that away and you're willing to share that story, it can change everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And one other criteria that really comes to my mind is can you listen to others without trying to fix them? And I say that, and for women, this is really, really, really difficult because we are really good at being empathetic and feeling the other person's pain, and we want to rush them through it. I, I, some of the wisest advice I received um, from a, a mentor of mine is I was just telling her I was really struggling with this woman I was working with, and she's still stuck, and she's just still, and it seems to be in a dark place, and, and I just, I want to pull her out of the hole. And she said, Christina, remember when you were there, what did you feel? And I said, I felt God. And that hole is when I felt closer to God than any time in my life. And she said, don't rush that, right? So we, we can't rush people out of their hole. We need to sit beside them in that hole. We need to listen to them. We need to, to give empathy without trying to fix. And men, I know that's hard for you too, because my husband naturally is a fixer too. When he sees me upset, he wants to come beside me and, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. I don't want that. I, I, I just want empathy. And so being a leader, if you don't have empathy, that's okay. I'll be honest with you, Lamar didn't have too much when we first started, yet leadership has brought it out in him. And so come in 
with the desire to want to be empathetic. Yeah, a next question we have, uh, this is going to be for the, the whole audience is, should I have a co-leader? Um, I can't stress the importance enough of having who's next up in your group, uh, having that thought in your head, um, a natural, normal response to, to group membership is an imbuing the Holy Spirit gives us that you want to help to. Um, men often say, well, should I do conquer again next? Should I go through Warpath? Um, after they go through Warpath a second time, what are next steps? And all along the way, as soon as folks walk into recovery, I believe that leaders should be whispering in members' ears, hey, when, are, when do you think you'll be ready to help lead? With an understanding that you will never have it all together. You will never feel ready completely to lead. You know, what is your threshold though? How much vulnerability are you willing to have? And the, and the risk is heavy. We're gonna talk a lot more about fatigue and uh, how we kind of, you know, have to be careful about risking ourselves uh, through our group members. But having a co-leader is so important to have someone else there learning about what that looks like, uh, understanding that nobody has a corner on the leadership market. Uh, there is not one glowing example, otherwise we'd all be doing it already. Um, that different folks have different strengths. Uh, and also different places where they just, you know, they're, they're weak. And what are you going to put in your bag of, uh, of leadership tricks? So any thoughts on co-leading? Absolutely. I, that's, I love everything you said there. There's also some other very important benefits to having a co-leader. Uh, there have been seasons where, right, like I've told you before, the attacks get real. And Lamar and I are not ready to go into a meeting. Or we can't go into a meeting. And having a peace of mind that there's someone we can call up and say, we got to take a knee this week. This is going to be too much. Can you facilitate? Can you step in? It, it takes the pressure off of us from having to force ourselves to go in, feeling disconnected. It, it, it's awful. It's awful to try to get in front of a group and preach about love and forgiveness and, and, and God's you know, design for marriage when you are ripping each other's eyeballs out. So definitely co-leaders help with that. And they also help with accountability. Uh, they're the ones that can step up and say, hey, is everything okay? Because sometimes we can't see that we're slipping down a slope, that we might be having a struggle. And so it takes a co-leader to be able to say, mm, you seemed a little off. And it's someone that's honest to be able to hold you accountable, to hold your feet to the fire. Um, so those are some other benefits, definitely, that we've had. Well, I'm about to cut Christina loose on a, on a topic here, uh, but I want to kind of, I want to couch it for the whole audience. Um, men, you may have thought this before. Ladies, you may have, you may be in the middle of this, but how can we reach the women? How can the ladies get some of the same level healing that the men are experiencing? And so I'm going to turn this over to her because uh, I'm, not, I'm not a woman. I really can't help <laughs> fully in this regard. So she's a little bit better equipped than I am. <laughs> All right, team. Uh, getting the, the women. Yes, we have to reach the women. Uh, once, especially women that have been betrayed they have a healing journey as well. This is not just about recovery for men when we talk about sex addiction and infidelity. She has a journey too. She has trauma that needs to be processed. She needs to have a safe place to grieve. She needs a community of women that have been through the storm. She needs a sisterhood uh, and we're building that. We are fervently working towards getting uh, from the ashes out and it's going to be an incredible cinematic teaching series uh, that we're gonna put out to help the ladies. Um, but until then, it doesn't mean we're going to just let the ladies uh, just sit and hold their breath until that comes out. 
we are hosting a monthly meeting, a gathering place called The Sanctuary, where all women are welcome. It's a free webinar that we host, and it's a place that we talk about trauma and healing and forgiveness and, and, and what recovery looks like for them. Um, the other thing is, like we mentioned, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to lead groups for couples so men and women go through this together. The women need to see Conquer series. They need to learn Warpath. These are valuable, valuable resources that um, I swear by. Uh, I, I see some people that we've gone through this program, I've gone through with Tiffany. Um, hello, dear. She's going to be, uh, Tiffany and Brian are going to be our co-leaders with Stronger Together. And they, uh, they are on fire for uh, what Conquer series is about. And he's going through Warpath as well. So I, I believe you bring them in either as couples um, and then the option to get women together, if that's not safe, have them do Conquer series and Warpath in a community with other women. So there's ways around it. I think the traditional way is men come in and they sign up for the platform and they do Conquer series, then they do Warpath and then they leave. Guys, recovery's for life. You know, three to five years max just to get your brain sober. And then we're called to pay it forward. And recovery can be fun. So get, get people to get excited about their get, uh, getting their spouses in recovery. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. So I'm sure our fabulous leaders out there have some other ideas on how we can reach the women. So uh, we will continue to keep you updated on From the Ashes. I don't have an exact date yet, but we will definitely keep you updated at these meetings, monthly meetings. Yeah. Exactly. So in, in the interest of time, we're going to jump down to a topic um, that we feel very strongly about that we definitely wanted to address today. Um, just so everyone understands, in future meetings, we're going to have a, a very laser focused topic. This is a, hey, how you doing? Let's get this thing kicked off. Let's cover a broad range of topics. Uh, first meeting. Uh, as we look at the feedback from this meeting, we're going to be able to, to hone in very, very focused uh, oriented on, on different topics. So. Um, but the next question that we're going to address is, uh, I feel discouraged when men fail, or ladies, mm -hmm. they don't show up, they don't do the work, uh, the marriage fails, can this set me back in my own recovery? And so, uh, Whew, I just, again, I, I just want to really, I, I want to encourage everybody here, there will be failures, there will be, there, there are going to be folks out there that it's just not that right time for them yet. And, and I want you to all understand uh, your identity is not tied to somebody else's recovery. Shocking point here, your identity is not tied to your spouse's recovery. And, and I just, I, I, I want to be incredibly blunt about it. Forgive me if I ever you know, step on anybody's toes, if I walk on anyone, I apologize for that in advance. But I want to be bold in this. Um, the weight of their recovery will crush you if you allow it. Um, God is responsible for their recovery and they are responsible for their own recovery. Mm -hmm. And whenever we take ourselves up onto that pedestal, um, that that's making ourselves a little G God and Lord Jesus Christ will not stand for that. He, he will absolutely rectify that quick, fast and in a hurry. Mm -hmm. So, um, we get a lot of pride as leaders and it's a, it's an insidious pride because we're doing the right thing. We're doing the godly thing. We're helping other people. But then we get so tied up with them and so prideful of what's going on in the groups. And again, listen, if you don't struggle with it, hey, God bless your ministry. 
you know, please help somebody else. But for the folks, you know, the, the rest of us, let's just make sure that we're, we're guarding against it. And so, and please always be mindful of your own recovery through this. It's, it can be lonely sometimes as a leader um, because you feel like everybody else is coming to you and you have nowhere else to go. And that's one of the reasons why we have this community now while we're getting this thing started. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's incredible. This has experienced, uh, we have experienced this as a couple and individually where we'll meet up and we'll just both be just discouraged. Like why are couples struggling? Why does it seem like everyone is divorcing or not committing to the work? And it can wear you down. It can absolutely wear you down. We're not God. Like Lamar said, we're planting the seeds, right? And we don't know when the fruit will spring forth. We, we were not supposed to know. It's God's timing. We're here to be the messengers, and that's it. And we just have to be mindful uh, when we are feeling that anxiety or that depression. There is such a thing as compassion fatigue. It's a real thing. And uh, Scott, we see you. You're, you're our, uh, hello, hello, it's good to see you. He can, he can vouch for this. It is a real thing. Um, compassion, um, Fatigue, it's like vicarious trauma. It's when you start feeling the other person's pain and you can't let go and you start feeling hopeless and powerless, anxious and restless. Be mindful. Be mindful of those things, okay? Because you have to be mindful of your own recovery too. Uh, you cannot give up your own recovery to pour into somebody else's. Um, so just just definitely be mindful of that. That, uh, like, I, I love what you said, that it's, not your identity. Your identity is not based upon how many marriages you save. There's no scoreboard because this is a tough, tough ministry. Really tough. Probably the most difficult ministry out there. Yeah. Listen, I'm not telling folks not to celebrate the wins. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not telling folks not to take the 10 seconds to celebrate what God's doing in other people's lives. I think that's imperative for us. Uh, it's imperative to recognize you know, what a wonderful Lord that we serve. Um, but please... Uh, let that light be him shining off of you uh, as opposed to us trying to shine ourselves. Um, that's, that's the only word of advice I could possibly give. And that looks different from person to person. So, uh, well, team. I would love to hear from them. I think we're at a point now we're able to, uh, we're going to unmute or give everybody the ability to unmute themselves. So as he does this, just a quick, just uh, Lamar said this earlier, just wanted to remind you all, he has given the ability to unmute you, but we have a lot of people here. So we don't want to have people talking over people so we don't hear. So if you could raise your hand, uh, we should be able to see if someone's hand is raised. Um, and then you can unmute yourself when we call on your name. And, uh, and we would love to have a question or hear some questions. So do we have any brave souls that have any questions for us? Oh, I see someone waving. Can you see their name? Go ahead. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes sir, perfect. loud and clear. Thank you. Yeah, hi. Thanks for doing this, guys. Um, my first question is, what, what's the best practice for leading a Conquer Series or a Warpath group using the study guide? That's good. Okay. And, and the question is, you know, what, what is a best practice for leading a Conquer uh, or and I think I heard Warpath in there uh, using a study guide. Um, a practice that, and again, this is strictly what we call technique in the military, meaning that it's, it's not a thou shalt, it's a thou may. <laughs> so um, use this technique of perhaps you want to allow folks to watch the video on their own, 
fill out the interactive study guide on their own, on their own time before the meeting. Um, through going uh, with, with classes, we've discovered that the community is the main attraction, not necessarily the curriculum. Um, and the curriculum becomes a way for folks to do the work on their own throughout the week. It kind of lends itself to journalism in a natural way because the questions are already laid out there and folks can answer the questions. Um, they can share with other members of the group. And then when they come to the meeting, they feel more prepared. There's not some question about what, what's going to be asked. The, all the discussion questions are there. Same thing with the accountability questions, the seven-day mission questions, specifically as it relates to Conquer and Warpath. And it just makes for a natural flow to the meeting because the Folks don't have to kind of scratch your head about what's going to happen. And I think it really gives you an opportunity to see where folks are serious and where they're not. You're going to be able to see where uh, participants have done the work. If folks are just rambling along, that means they haven't probably written down their answers and they haven't really thought them out very well. Uh, and again, yeah, no, the, when we first uh, watched uh, Conquer series, it was when it was DVD. And I know we have some leaders here that um, still play the DVDs and have the, the old school writing out your answers. But we've moved to a virtual uh, platform and it's amazing. It is really awesome because everybody can watch the videos on their own. And I like that because there's so much content. I need to stop and pause and rewind and watch it again and talk about it with him. It really helped me to have it ourselves um, and to then spend time on the journal questions. And I love that with each question, you can choose, um, do I share my answer with my leader? Do I share the answer with the group? Or is this something I'd rather just keep privately? How cool is that? And so then before we would get on our group call, I would go through and see everybody's answers. And that helped facilitate some incredible, rich and deep conversation when we get together on a Zoom meeting or a virtual meeting um, every week. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I think uh, Jarrett, if I'm not mistaken, um, I have a hard time seeing both uh, raised hands and names. So if I call on someone that's already been, that's already gone, please just let me know. We can move on from there. Hi. My question, I think it's kind of easy, but I don't know the answer to it. Uh, I've ran a couple of uh, Conqueror series, and now a group of men are going to move into Warpath. Uh, they want to invite people who have not gone through Conqueror series into Warpath. Is there a problem with that, or should they do conference hearings first? That's, that's a great question. Um, I think as the leader, uh, th there's some discretion here. I, th there's no formula. There's no prescription, per se. There, there's, there's not, again, there's no procedure uh, in your flight manual on how to do this. Um, I think, though, that exercising some discretion as a leader is very important. Uh, some guys are, are well in touch that they have a problem with pornography. They've got a problem with sexual sin, sexual stronghold, um, and perhaps they are, you know, incredibly focused on their marriage. Um, I am a I'm a huge uh, conquer guy. I, I think it just kind of sets the table for Warpath. Um, but I'll be very honest. There's been some exceptions in our leadership journey for folks that have gone direct to to Warpath, um, and then when they go back to conquer. They, they understand just so much more uh, through that, that journey, that experience. Uh, again, though, I, I think as the leader, as you, as you talk to folks and you get a gauge for folks, I, I'm extremely hesitant to ever allow somebody to walk into one of my groups without me talking with them first. Um, I, I think that's a, a pretty important piece. As, as the leader, I think you should be familiar with folks and where they are in their journey. Otherwise, you might get somebody in there that's coming in cussing, 
that's going to tell you, you know, all these different things about recovery that, that does not necessarily align with what we're trying to do in our groups. I hope that answers your question, Jared. No, it's a great question. And everybody's journey does look different. This isn't a jump on the platform, step one, step two, step three. It's not that easy because everybody's coming into recovery at a different stage. Some people have just, just found out um, you know, that their marriage is now going to fall apart because they had to disclose to their wife or the wife just learned. or And some people, they've been in this journey for a while. So as leaders, it really is our job to be able to listen to where the new people are coming in to see if they are a good fit for Warpath, if they can just you know skip Conquer Series and do Warpath, while encouraging them to, yes, by all means, let's do Warpath, but make sure you go back and do Conquer Series too. And sometimes there's people that do Conquer Series that have no business going on to Warpath. Yeah, I'm sure all of you can give a thumbs up on that. You've had men that may have skipped out on meetings, didn't show up for half of them, only half-heartedly participated, didn't do the work. And you have to have the tough conversation as a leader that, yes, the group might be moving forward with Warpath, but I need to pair you up with someone that's going to be doing Conquer again because, because you need this. And, and you can't just fast forward the recovery. You have to do the work. Yeah. All right, thank you for that that question. Uh, Troy, our good friend Troy, uh, you have a question, sir. Hey guys, um, so at least so far, I have not uh, personally have not allowed any single women to join any of my conqueror groups. And, um, and I'm not aware of any pornography um, programs for women specifically. And so I guess really that's my question is, do you guys know of any programs that are specifically for women and, and or maybe I don't know maybe there are conqueror groups that are specifically for women only um, right. that's really what I'm wondering because I, I know a lot of women that would like to join the conqueror group I personally am just not comfortable allowing them into a group of all men I completely agree with you brother I completely agree with you I do not believe it's a place for men and women uh, to be uh, mixed together to do recovery work like this on such a sensitive nature. Uh, absolutely, uh, I, I, that is good gut instinct there. Um, I do believe that men, uh, when they are doing the work need to be together with men or with couples where it's people that are present as husband and wife um, that can show up together. Uh, by all means, women can do um, get together as a group and do uh, conquer series together, but for those that actually struggle with sex addiction themselves, uh, there there is more to their recovery too, and we're not ignorant to that. And that is on our list. We are going to create something. We're going to be able to do something like that. We don't have it yet, but uh, and this is where I would love to shout out to the leaders. If if anyone has some good resources or recommendations or recovery programs, please throw them up in the chat um, box uh, so we can uh, share those. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Troy. Did you yeah. have something else you wanted to add? No, I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, th there are conquer groups that have gone through with all women. So, yes. um, Diane, I, we, we see you. Thank you so much. You had, you had the virtual hand up and I saw a physical hand up too. So that, <laughs> that shows a level of dedication that, that, that we're really looking for here. <laughs> so we're fine. Thank you all so much. Uh, what's your question, Diane? I, I think you're muted.
All right, we will come back, Diane, to you, uh, and it, and we'll come back when you can find out how to unmute yeah. uh, yourself. So keep trying, yeah. and we'll we'll circle back. There's a, there's a little old school radio microphone down at the bottom of your screen that's red with a line through it. If you can click that somehow, that that'll unmute you. So, all right, David Harrington, uh, what is your question, sir? There we go. Can you hear me? I'm clear. Yeah, fine. Uh, it's just a question concerning the in-person and the online, just the difference between them and, and how they're working in different ways uh, from your point of view for what you've discovered. Thank you. Absolutely. What a fantastic question. Because I, I will be perfectly honest, I believe there's nothing better than face-to-face brotherly, sisterly communication. We can hug one another, embrace one another, cry on each other's shoulders, read each other's body language. There's nothing like that. You can't replace that. But we live in different times, don't we? And, and with COVID and with people wanting to do recovery in locations where they can't meet and with childcare issues and uh, with the expense of getting babysitting care and, and getting and the time commitment, Virtual does have its place, and you can make virtual very, very powerful. We do the majority now of our recovery work virtually, and the trick is how can you make it intimate, right? How can how can we make uh, the gathering still feel intimate without the hugs, without you know, how can we uh, engage with them? And I'm all about when you get on the virtual platform, have fun. Do an icebreaker, do something fun. One of my favorite icebreakers virtually, and I know this sounds silly, but it's it's in all, every one of us has a little child inside of us. You do a quick show and tell, and you give everyone 60 seconds to scatter to the house and find something that they wanna share with everyone. And it is so much fun. People will come with a, you know, a family goofy photo or a mom's Afghan, or, and, and, and then everybody sits down and just shares something about them and themselves. And that is so much fun. So get creative, get creative. And if you do virtual, um, I still want you to try to make those connections physically too. And the way that Lamar does that, you wanna tell him how you do this with your men? So yeah, we, we have men all over the world uh, that we work with. Um, next next month in, in April, we're going to have our quarterly kind of barbecue at the house. Yes. Um, we've got a brother coming in from Belgium. Uh, we've had guys fly in from you know, regional areas. Uh, eventually, I've got a few brothers on the West Coast that are going to wind up flying in. Uh, and, and we just open this up. And so once a month, uh, smoke a bunch of dead animal flesh outside uh, overnight. Uh, we bring it in. And, and we just sit around and we eat and we talk about what God's done in our lives. There's usually some, some fantastic worship music blaring in the background. Uh, it it kind of becomes an atmosphere that it, it just draws people in. Um, first one, I think we had three or four guys. Next one, five or six. Um, last one, I think we had eight to 10 people. Um, we're starting to now get some of the Soul Refiner family coming out to the house. And so it, it's just a wonderful experience. So I, I encourage that, just making it available for folks. You'd probably do it anyway. Why not do it with God's people? You, know, you probably have a get together anyway. So what's the harm in doing it with the folks that you love the most, that you're sharing the most with, that know the most about you? Um, and, and it kind of over to you on what that looks like. Maybe, I mean, if, if, you, if you don't have the kind of place where, you know, you want to share it with people, fine. Figure something out. Go grab some dinner. You know, go, go up to the local, uh, you know, Golden Corral for breakfast uh, once every, 
two or three months, but, but just having that sense of, man, I know so much about these people, but I've never laid eyes on them physically. I cannot wait to wrap them up in a big old giant bear hug. I can't say enough about it. But if you're not able to do that, meeting virtually is still better than nothing. It is still so, so much important just to have that uh, gathering time and that safe place. And the, the work and the gathering between in-person and uh, being online looks very similar. It really does. You, and I love the first meeting. I think the first meeting sets the tone. And what we're creating right now is a special, like a group contract for you to go over that first meeting and a video to share. So you can almost preemptively prevent the problems that could arise. So you have one of us you know, telling them, okay, team, show up. You know, your, your leader is carving time out of their schedule, have the decency to show up. And if you can't give them notice ahead of time, don't just wait five minutes and then text and say, I'm not gonna be there. We've all been there. We all have people that do that. And what about those people that hijack the meeting? Let's, let's address that from the beginning, preemptively. Okay, you might have a lot to say, but prayerfully consider there's 10 other people in the room that also need to talk. So that's what that first meeting, to go through things like that, to preemptively um, prevent some of these problems, super powerful. And so we're gonna create that and give that to you guys. We're in the process of doing that now. So thank you, great question. Outstanding. Okay, Diane, I'm going to call on you now. It looks like you're unmuted. If you, if you are not me or Diane, please go ahead and mute your microphone, please. Okay, can you hear me now? Loud and clear, Diane. Oh, good. We always have trouble with our new speaker camera. Uh, actually, my name got up there somehow, but this is really John, Gr Jack and Diane. That sounds familiar, Jack and Diane. <laughs> yeah. So Jack had a question. Okay. Yeah, there seems to be a... Uh, lot of uh, conversation about uh, sexual addiction. Um, I'm curious to know if there's a lot of folks online that uh, the husband and or the wife struggles with intimacy anorexia. Okay. Uh, will that be a subject of conversation in the upcoming meetings? Absolutely. In fact, intimacy anorexia is, is our baby. We love that topic. Uh, we are preparing right now, Jack and Diane, and to do a six-week study virtually, Stronger Together. And we'll, we'll be starting that. What is the date? March? Yeah, our, our little ditty um, is going to go on March 24th. That'll be the first uh, Stronger Together. And, and we're just two American kids doing the best that we can also. <laughs> okay, we got that. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, it had to be done. I, I, mean, I, I want to make recovery fun for everybody. You haven't so. got it all under control yet. I get it. <laughs> Any way we can help, we'd be very interested. <laughs> you can join our group. There's help. I love it. No, we are so passionate about Stronger Together. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful series, y'all. And it, and I think it's uh, very powerful when a couple decides to lead it together, uh, because then you can share your own journey. If one or both of you have struggled with intimacy anorexia, if this is something, uh, and for those of you that don't know, intimacy anorexia is a term that was coined by Dr. Doug Wise. Uh, you might recognize that name because he was um, on Conquer series as one of the stars, and then he actually was the host for Warpath, uh, or is the host for Warpath. And the, the term intimacy anorexia is the intentional withholding of intimacy from your spouse, whether that is uh, sexual intimacy, uh, um, whether, uh, spiritual, um, emotional, any kind of withholding of intimacy. And it's, it's a sin. And so this program talks about 
why you know why does this person do that what is it and then what do you do and because there are millions of christian marriages out there that are loveless and sexless right now and that's not okay that's not god's design god and it's so prevalent and couples that struggle with one of the members having sex addiction. In fact, I don't know of a single couple that doesn't have at least one member that has intimacy anorexia, or they juggle the ball back and forth. Um, it, it, it is so prevalent that we can't ignore this topic. And so Jack and Diane, I'm so thankful you brought that up because we are about this. We are about teaching this, and we are going to be talking about this every single month. Um, so if you are on the fence as to what to lead and your couple is on board with leading something, start there and join us and you can be our co-leaders. Reach out to us. We have, um, our, we have some co-leaders already here, but we need more because we have a lot of couples that signed up to do this. And then we can work with you because we're going to have some extra meetings on the side um, to raise up leaders. So if you, that might take the intimidation factor down, but it's fun. It's going to be so much fun. That may also help in finding a uh, accountability partner or a mentor. Yes, yes, that's what we're building. That's okay. exactly what we want to build. Okay. So great. definitely connect with us. We will. As soon as we decided we were going to start leading, you're right. It's like everything started to hit the fan. And every time we we actually have planning sessions every Saturday where we just we have actually had to stick with literally just the word because the English doesn't work sometimes. But wow. the word speak the word. That's all we can speak to each other. Sometimes. That's right. That's right. No, we actually have rules before we go into a leading now and we schedule time to pray together because we know the attack's gonna be real and to connect with one another. Even if it's just a five second, I love you, honey, let's do this. Let's step aside and let God do this. And, and just take a deep breath and, and uh, exhale and, uh, and jump right in. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Jack. And, uh, and, and thank you too, Diane, I appreciate it. Um, John, John McLean, I don't know if it's McLean or McLean, so please forgive me in advance. Uh, no, that's okay. It's McLean. Yeah. How are you? Hi, John. How are yeah. you? Yeah, good, man. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for, for doing this, guys. Sure. Yeah, I've been through the, the Conquer series and Warpath, mm -hmm. um, and I've been sober for one year and eight months. And the two questions uh, I have uh, is, is that long enough to kind of be serious about any kind of leadership or going into this kind of thing and the second question is uh would my accent be a kind of barrier and and that you know because uh yeah I, anyway i try and speak clear enough but uh yeah so. john you tell me when you're leading i'm going to be in your group i love your accent i think it's fantastic i think it is amazing and no oh. I mean, that should not be a hindrance i think that's beautiful you want to talk more on the sobriety piece so so john let, let me encourage you um some guys are going to be ready for leadership much quicker than other guys. Some guys are going to take decades before they're ready for leadership. Um, that's something between you and God. Now, if, if you want to have outside sources help you discern that, um, you're going to ha start having all of our contact information at that point. We can help you walk through just some, some basic questions to kind of ask yourself. And again, we're, we're not the arbiter of that, okay? We're, we're not the folks that are going to you know, put the referee stripes on and start calling balls and strikes. Wait a second. I don't think they wear stripes behind. Them. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I just I, I want to encourage you in that 
Um, there is no minimum amount of recovery required there. Now, a lot of guys are going to feel that that whisper from the enemy saying that you'll never be qualified. Yeah. And, and if you're ever waiting for the moment where the heavens part, the trumpets pop out and say, like, yay, verily, go forth now and lead groups. It's not it's not going to happen, brother. It's not happening. Yeah. OK. And so. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. yeah. I love that. And, and God doesn't use perfect people. Let's, I mean, let's just go back to scripture. Who does he use? Let's look at yeah, the disciples. True. Let's look at, I mean, let's just start going down the list. He's not waiting for perfect people. You've gone through your storm. You've committed to recovery. Let me just highly encourage you, though. Again, it's so important to have that co-leader because then you have a co-leader that can help you just make sure you're, you're, you're staying sober and that you are in a good yeah. place and, um, and that you have a relapse prevention plan. Uh, and and those kinds of things. So uh, the fact that you're even asking me tells me that God's already whispered that on your heart, or you wouldn't yeah. be asking this question. And our pastor always says, delayed obedience is disobedience. I'm not putting any pressure yeah. on you. No, that's okay. Thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a thing with a young guy from Mexico. I'm, I'm helping him. He's like the first guy. And so a, a Scotsman and a, and a Mexican kind of trying to understand each other is, is, uh, is, <laughs> is going kind of well but I think you're right it's the whole thing of uh, you know that voice constantly you know you know you're not ready for this or that voice you know who are you to try this now but thanks guys I won't take up any more you think get behind these Satan don't listen to those lies John amen thank you mm -hmm. hey team I was just looking I was just scrolling through and, I, and I'm taking a look at some of the uh, some of the chat and everything um, some folks are going to be putting some stuff out there about other methods other sources all that kind of thing um, I just I, I ask you to do that prayerfully I ask you to do it with an eye to, um, you know, paying, I, I guess, some attention to, uh, is anybody doing this for a sense of, of me or, or a sense to redirect folks away from what Soul Refiner is trying to do? Um, listen, uh, again, nobody here is wearing referee stuff, okay? No, nobody here is going to be, you know, saying, like, I'm going to kick you out of the meeting or something. But I just ask that as you push that stuff out there, we don't have time uh, here to, to go through with a fine-tooth comb and recognize if this is some kind of a scam or anything like that. But just in the past, there have been moments where folks have put stuff out there. Hey, come, come do my GoFundMe or something through this. And I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out for, you know, uh, for doing anything like that, but just, just please be cognizant of that as you go through this stuff. Um, and as you use, you know, soul refiner materials um, in the future. So uh, sorry about that disclaimer, but it, it had to be done. And I appreciate you guys uh, taking that on board uh, prayerfully. Have time for I think we have time for one more question before we start our closing rituals. Wonderful. And I use that in a, in a loving term when I say ritual. I don't, I don't want anybody thinking that there's some kind of sacrament here that if you miss it for a week that you've somehow sacrificed your, your salvation. So uh, please forgive me there. Hey, Lamar, this is Drew Hunsaker. Hey, go Perfect. ahead, Drew. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, you're do you have, can you talk just a few seconds about some, um, I guess, um, times where you've used accountability with your group members successfully and what that looks like? I love that question, Drew, because a lot of times leaders feel the weight of the world, thinking they have to check in with every single person every single day to make sure that they are doing their work and staying sober-minded. That's not the picture of what accountability looks like in recovery. Uh, recovery accountability, uh, even with intimacy anorexia, is 
having the courage when you're the one struggling to be able to pick up the phone and say, I need help. As leaders, we can't bear that burden. We cannot bear that burden thinking that we have to reach out to everyone time and time again. Uh, making ourselves available when we can is important. And again, that's not a perfect, that's why it helps having a co-leader and to distribute that as well so you're not feeling that weight. But I'm sure you have more you'd like to share. Yeah, this is an incredibly interesting uh, topic. Um, I've, I've seen groups where, listen, men are, men are welcome to come here even if they have just you know, dropped their, their sobriety in the last hour. Uh, and I, by the way, I subscribe to that. I think when you are down in the complete dumps, come to group. When you're riding high, come to group, because then you could help somebody that might be down in the dumps. When you, when you have the little face that doesn't have a smile or a frown, come to group. Um, the accountability just of coming to the group, it, 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 there's so much to be said for that. Um, now, how do we handle that? I think that we lovingly handle it. I think that we lead with big L love and that that's God's love. Um, that we accept that we're just as much of a, of a complete depraved sinner as the next person who might have just acted out you know, an hour ago. Um, we allow them their space. We enter into a period of, of, of compassion and empathy with them. But then true accountability is us saying, okay, let's together deconstruct this. Now, if you wanna do that, if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, between you uh, and that individual, if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation between another trusted group member and the individual that's struggling for accountability, um, then, then by all means, have at it. But walking with them through that is incredibly important. Um, I'm, I'm tired of the old notion of church where it's gotta be perfect people showing up to just sing God's praises and never look at the ugly side of life. I don't think that's what we're all about here. I don't think that's what groups are all about. Mm. And so um, being able to walk through it with them, I think is, is, is paramount. Now listen, I, I, that does not mean you allow folks to come in hijack meetings or continually come in saying, well, here's what I did last week and just giving you these graphic details, expecting you to say, oh, bless your heart. You know, just, just keep letting us know and keep, keep coming in. I, there has to be an honest discussion. And I, I know she may be a little bit more of a secular you know, resource here, but I love when Brene Brown says that clear is kind. And so being very clear with people and also let them know how much you love them. Uh, I, I think that's what these groups are all about. And, and so walking through them and that level of accountability is probably the hardest thing that we'll do. And understanding that it's not our timeline, it's God's. And that person, eventually they have to respond. They're the ones that has to make that, they have to make that surrender. Um, not, not necessarily us. I do want to do the flip side of the coin, just just for a second, play devil's advocate here. I'm absolutely all about grace, mercy, and forgiveness, but there's also there are also some people who are not ready to receive healing in a group situation, and they can actually do more harm to your group than good. And you have to consider for the good of the group. So if you have someone that's coming in and they're toxic. Um, it, you know, talking and not doing the work, or each and every week, I failed, I failed, I failed, and yet they're not doing the work. They're not taking the steps. They're not even trying. They're just using this as a place to repent. Then it might be time as a leader to pull them aside and just say, hey, I need to give you some other resources. Um, you might need some one-on-one, -on -one, more intensive work before coming into a group, or do that work and come to the group. But you need something more, because what you're doing right now isn't working. And so you, that, that's a tough decision as a leader, but, but I pray never leave anyone high and dry. 
don't don't leave don't leave anyone high and dry. Uh, if it, they're not safe for the group, that's one thing. But handle it with dignity, kindness, respect, goodwill, humility. And what would Jesus do? Yeah. You get them the help they do need. You don't turn a back on the ones that are hurting. Well, team, I, I sincerely apologize. I do see there's one more raised hand. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to get to that one today. Uh, I do want to begin our, our, cl our closing segment here. And so, um, uh, yes, um, I want to thank you, first of all, for giving us your time today and just for being here and carving out this hour. We'd love to see you next month when we meet together. And if there's things that we didn't touch base on here, I'm, we're going to be sending out, you'll be receiving a survey afterwards. If a question comes to your mind or if you have a prayer request or if there's something we can do to help you or to make this better, we, like we said, iron sharpens iron. Let us know. Let us know. And we're going to humble ourselves and tell you we need help. We are, we are not a ginormous, large group here. We are very small. We joke we have uh, five crackers and two little sardines that we're working with, and we're trying to, to, to feed the masses. So we need you. We really do. We need your help. So if we have, and I would like to encourage every single person here, because you have a story, could you write a blog for us? And, and you know something we could share, even if you write it anonymously. That would be just so powerful. What, is, what did Jesus do for your life? What is your story? What does recovery look like? What struggles have you had in recovery? What do you think people would want to hear? What would you want to read uh, um, on Soul Refiner? So please, I would love to get some blog writers. And, and Lamar and I are also making videos now because we want to create videos for you guys, for our leaders, so we can hold your hand and walk step by step on what the process looks like so it's not so intimidating. So we can answer these tough questions. But I don't think people want to see our faces all the time. We, they want to see your beautiful faces. So we need some couples. We need some men. We need some women. And so if you're interested, please let me know um, in that survey response and give me your email address and I'll reach out to you and I will start filming next week with you. So I'm very serious about this and these will be publicized. These will be put on social media. They will be put on our platform. So if you're hesitant about that, then blog write anonymously. <laughs> you want to tell them some other things we have? Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, if you feel a call, uh, a call to come and work at a place where it, it's dynamic, it's fast paced, you're, you're never done, but it's in a godly way, so you don't feel that anxiety weighing on you. You, know, you don't get the Sunday scaries here. No. <laughs> so um, if, if you're considering that, okay, please take a look down at the bottom of the Soul Refiner website. Take a look at where we're hiring careers. Um, there's a lot of stuff to be done. Um, there's a handful, I'm sorry, less than two handfuls of full-timers here. Um, now the film crew obviously can swell you know, from moments of shooting, but there's a lot to be done. Uh, so if you're in those specific you know, wheelhouses, if those are your expertise and you feel God calling you, uh, I tell you, you'd find uh, nary a place on the planet that's nicer than South Florida in February and March. So. And the people are amazing. You, you wake up in the morning saying, I get to go to work. It's not even work. I feel yep. we call this our retirement because we're doing exactly what we want to be doing. We're going to be doing this to our last yep. dying breath. So come join us. We'd love to have you. So uh, another thing we have coming up is every month uh, we host, if you haven't heard of this, a mission brief for the men and a sanctuary gathering for the women. And so our next one is next Friday. 
and it's at uh, 10 a.m. for the women. And so women, I'm very excited about this. We have Ms. Jean coming to join us. She's the lead female actress of From the Ashes. And she is a beautiful, beautiful woman from South Africa. And she's going to be sharing with us her story. And we're going to be talking about how to not get stuck in trauma. Yep. Men, we are going to be on the same day. That's a week from today on Friday, the 11th of March. We're at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, our topic is going to be, <laughs> I know, stand by, big R relapse. So uh, what does that look like? You know. Um, it's going to be an incredible time. Uh, our very own Ben Renner, I believe he's in this meeting right now, hey, ben. is going to be speaking. Uh, thank you in advance, Ben, um, for, for being there with us and, and for walking us through the, this incredibly sensitive topic. But it, it has to be discussed, guys. Yes. So. All right. Well, having said that, we just want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, we love y'all. You mattered the world to us. So please make contact with us. We'd love to get to know you even more and know your stories and and hear what you're doing and be able to share your stories uh, with the world so we can motivate other leaders because this is what it's all about. It's about disciples making disciples. So thank you for being in this great commission with us. <laughs> all right, team, uh, before I close this out in prayer, I do wanna address one more question that came through on the chat. Uh, this is not the Miami Beach, South Florida. You're not gonna have the throbbing nightclub life. This is a Stewart, Florida, <laughs> which is just a little bit north of West Palm. It's kind of like that old piece of Florida. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous here. Um, it's just a little bit north of, of the whole Palm Beach uh, and Jupiter, you know, metropolitan area. So, Great question. All right, team. Uh, I want to remind everybody, Proverbs 15, 12 just kind of says it best. Um, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so as I look across, yeah, catastrophic success, I call it today. Uh, at one point, we had over 80 different video feeds in the group here. Um, the leadership here this this these are the advisors mm -hmm. um, these this is the proper counsel um, because this is where we sharpen each other this is where we learn from each other where we get to profit share in leadership and in recovery um, helping somebody else figure out their journey to help us further ours uh, and then answering the call for what god's called us to all to do so i'm going to close this in some prayer and then we'll be on our way thank you so much for all joining us hey god it's mm -hmm. it's it's us again and i say us and it's big us it's all of us it's your us um, Lord, thank you so much for the exposure. Uh, thank you for the pain involved, not just with recovery, but also with uh, how do we cobble this thing back together and make new relationships with the ones that we love? And how do we point to you all the way? How do we just grab our big neon signs and go to the street corner and hang those and have them all pointing to you, Jesus? Um, Lord, thank you so much for what you did on that cross, the finished work on the cross that allows us to go through some of the struggles that we all experience in group leadership and putting back together our own relationships. Um, we look to you for the answers. Uh, it's easy to say after we go through an hour like this where it's, it's, it's borderline church, it's hard to do that three or four nights from now when we're in maybe a pit of despair as we just you know, scratch our head and don't know what to do. So we look to you then as well, Lord. Um, we pre-give it to you. Um, so God, thank you so much. It's in your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed weekend. Bye-bye. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.